This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on SiriusXM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Dr. Dawn on Careers. Welcome to Dr. Dawn on Careers on Sirius XM Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Graham, and I'm the career director for the executive MBAs at the Wharton School. I'm also a licensed psychologist, former corporate recruiter, and author of the books, Witchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and See Success. And we are live in studio. If it's Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, you can call us all hour 844-942-7866. And of course, Dana and Dion here all hour making the show sound great and also having lots of fun now that we are back live. Switchers are the future of work. Are you ready to reinvent? What is going on out there? Well, let's kick off with the news. The hybrid work debate continues. Apple joined several other companies requiring employees to work in the office come September, despite staff opposition, according to The Verge. Employees need to be on site at least three days a week, adding to the many organizations requiring workers to return to the office this fall. While studies suggest several benefits of working remotely, including less stress from things like commutes and fewer interruptions, other research shows that a hybrid workforce can lead to lower engagement and potential bias in things like hiring and raises. In fact, an MIT study reveals 60% of remote workers miss out on important information because it was communicated in person. So what are your thoughts? Are you a manager considering what to do in the fall? Have you decided to bring your workforce back? Are you somebody who doesn't want to go back, but your company is requiring it? We want to hear from you. 844-942-7866. As always, Dr. Dawn on Careers is about you, and we are taking your job search and career questions all hour long if it's Thursday noon Eastern at 844-942-7866 here on SiriusXM channel 132. And today we have two great guests joining us. They are both my colleagues. Steve Hernandez brings 20 years of career development experience with the last 10 at the Wharton School's MBA for Executives in San Francisco. At Wharton, Steve directs all the areas of career advancements, including one-on-one coaching, career development programming, and partnership with the Wharton alumni community. A career coach for more than a decade, Mike Minoski was also a recruiter and talent acquisition leader in Silicon Valley. He coaches and assists Steve in the career success programs at the Wharton Executive MBA in pro in. San Francisco, and it's also director of coaching for HireClub.com, which is a job and career community. Steve and Mike have recently published their first book, The Job Search Manifesto, which is designed to help you get your next job and also develop the skills to make your job search stronger throughout your career. So we're so excited to have them both here today. Congratulations on the book, gentlemen. Let's start with a question about who is this book for? Certainly all job seekers, but let's get a little bit more specific. Mike, tell me tell me who this book is is designed for and who should be looking to purchase it. I think anybody who is going for their second job and further so it's it's designed for somebody who's done one round at least, and now they've learned a few things. They want to they want to get better at this, um, and they want to get rid of the fear. They want to. They've had a round where typically they didn't feel they had a lot of control. We want to give them back a lot of control, and that was really kind of the one of the heart pieces of the book. I will say that is that is very appealing. People feel like they have absolutely no control in the job search. They feel like it's very one-sided. So I love that concept already. I think a lot of people are looking that up right now. And you brought up fear. So Steve, I'm going to ask you, There's a I love acronyms. Dion knows this. I always find the acronyms in the book and bring them up. What is FUD? F-U-D. <laughs> uh, it, it, it's it's fear. Uh, uh, of of the unknown, it's uh, not what's uh, knowing what's right around the corner. I mean, we've seen that acronym fear, uncertainty, and doubt 
And I think uh, most people that are going through a job search are experiencing uh, these feelings at one time or another. And uh, our goal uh, with the book is to kind of uh, create, a, create a structure and a workflow and a process that brings more – there's never absolute certainty – but it brings more uh, context and substance, and, and can you know people feel like they're they're progressing and they feel like they're they're uh, productive in their process. They can alleviate some of these uh, sort of fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Yeah, and that is that is I love that because it's really all of the feelings you get when you engage in a job search. And so the job search manifesto, the book that that you just published, is really designed to kind of help take the the ambiguity to the extent you can out of the job search. So hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Sirius XM channel one thirty two Business Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And if it's Thursday, we are live taking your calls all hour at eight four four nine four two seven eight six six right here on Sirius XM 132. We are so excited to have two great guests with us today. Steve Hernandez, who is my colleague in the Executive MBA over in San Francisco. Mike Minoski, another colleague who partners with Steve out there in Wharton as well. And we are talking about their new book, The Job Search Manifesto, which is meant for job seekers to take the ambiguity out of the job search. And we are going to go right to the phones with Annette in North Carolina. Annette, thank you for calling the show. It's on your mind today. Hi, Dr. Don. This is one of your fans on Twitter. I want to know if you see a tremendous shift from competence to confidence in hiring. I see something like that locally. I see it with MBA hiring. And recently I saw it on um, the TV show Chicago Fire. I said, wow, they're killing off the actors who can act. Uh, the people don't have chemistry, and the paramedics uh, do not look competent. I'm saying, well, what's going on? Do you see anything like that? Okay, so um, thank you, first of all, for following me on Twitter, Annette. I appreciate that. And are you talking in specific context to your own job or your own company? Well, I see that really, uh, yes, locally, that competence seems to just really be going down, 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 and it's more conflict. Are you seeing anything like that or... Well, let's let's uh, let's go to the experts. Hey, Mike, what are your thoughts on that? You are you have a good idea of the landscape in Silicon Valley. What are you seeing there? And even beyond, uh, I'm I'm seeing something similar to what uh, what she's describing. You're having not everybody's coming back, and so what's happening is competency is you're getting a little more flexible. A lot of recruiters I'm talking with are saying. You know, where I normally would take somebody that it was like at 80% of competency, I'm 70% now because I just need people in my organization. Um, so I think that may be some of what the caller is describing is, you know, it's it's a little tough right now to hire uh, because not everybody's coming back. And everybody opened up at once. And quite frankly, it's opening up earlier than people expected. So I think that may be where the caller is picking something up there. Is it true conflict? I don't know if it's conflict, but I think you are seeing people that are the ramp up to time is taking longer. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because we hear about this great resignation or this great reshuffle. And, um, you know, I talk about it a lot on this show and the fact that all of a sudden people are going to start either following their their passion that they haven't done in the past because of other reasons or they're going to say hey I've, I've changed my goals because working from home is right for me and my company is not letting us do this so the prediction is that there's going to be this mass migration and the war for talent is going to heat up so is that what you're hearing from your your colleagues Mike it's already started it's already yeah, started it's already started um, and what, one of the places I'm noting, which is a positive place, is over the last few weeks, and I think Steve is seeing this as well, um, compensation is going up. You know, they're, they, you know, if you're in a competitive environment, you have to pay more for good people. People are paying more. And I'm, I'm not talking about just large companies. I'm, I'm seeing that in smaller companies as well. And I have a very tangible situation this week around that. 
Awesome. Well, that is good news for the job seekers. Annette, you are you are very insightful. Apparently, that is already happening. So what you're seeing is for real. Thank you so much for giving us a call here on Sirius XM 132. If you have a question and it's Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, we're taking your calls all hour at 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Mike Minoski and Steve Hernandez, the authors of the new book, The Job Search Manifesto, talking about all of the great tips to help reduce ambiguity in your job search. So, so Steve, a big question because of this great resignation and, um, you know, the past year, we, year and a half we've had is how do you know you're ready for change versus you're just bored or you're just burned out? Um, how do you know that, that that change is going to really be the answer? What types of things should job seekers or, or people be thinking about if they're in this decision making mode? Sure, sure. Are you are you moving forward? Are you learning new things? I mean, these obviously the the changing landscape, I think, is going to create new opportunities for people. And I think that we're sort of in the beginning of, 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 of restructuring the workforce, who's going to be at home, who's going to be on, uh, on site, how we, how we uh, uh, think about our talent. And as an individual job seeker, I think that can create some opportunities. But, you know, in the end, you know, as I coach, when I coach folks, I, I, we constantly talk about you know, are you moving forward? Are you learning new skills? If you have a sense of where you want to be down the road, does this role, does the next role, does this organization represent your opportunity for you to get there? And I think once you sort of assess those things, do you have the support of your team? Do you have a boss that supports that growth? Uh, you can look at yourself and say, do these, do these things fit? Can they, can they work within my organization? Uh, and if they don't, you know, what is my, you know, I have to assess my position in my marketplace and in my space and you know what's going to what you know what what opportunities are going to going to move into the next level those are some of the things I talk about. So on um, on the previous show, Wharton uh, Business Daily, Dan Loney had a guest who was talking, Steve, about that people aren't, don't just want any job. They want the ideal job. They want the total package. They want the compensation. They want the great boss. They want the learning opportunities. And they, they want it all. Now, this is not necessarily new, but how realistic is that considering that we're going to see a lot of, of openings coming and Mike says we're already seeing it. So what, what, where is that balance between the finding the ideal job and finding a job that's going to satisfy you? Sure. That's it. Can we, can we have it all? <laughs> Don't we want it all? We all want it all, right? And I think we can through the course of our career. So I've always believed there's, there's stepping stones. So can I get it all in that one job? You know, possibly, but unlikely. And what, what I find is people take steps. So, you know, what box does this next role check? And as the, the, the market as the market improves and the opportunities surface, as new opportunities surface, there could be new opportunities now that we've never seen before. Um, could that represent um, uh, one of those boxes I can check to move me forward? And, you know, it comes down to the individual to determine, you know, is this the ideal job? Do I factor in lifestyle? Do I factor in compensation? The team, do I work with? There's all these variables that people have to go through this assessment and, and, and figure out how many of these priorities are represented in this box. So short answer to your question is I think we can find the perfect role. Over time, we can create a narrative in our, in our career that answers all these questions for us. It gives us that kind of reward. Is it likely in one job? You know, maybe on the surface. But once we get the job, things can change. Or do I set the bar that high for each each role I take? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, no, I love that. I think that's something we all need to think about here. 844-942-7866. You're listening to SiriusXM Channel 132. If it's Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, we, of course, are here taking your career and job search questions all hour long. We want to know what you're seeing in the workplace. Are you being asked to come back into the office? Is that something you want to do, something you don't want to do? Is that something that makes you nervous because of how things are going with the virus? Let us know, 844 844- 
404-942-7866. We are here with two of my fantastic colleagues, Steve Hernandez and Mike Minoski, who are both career experts and have just published their first book, The Job Search Manifesto, which is very timely because as we hear, a lot of people are thinking about making a move this fall. And if you've not been in a job search for a while, then you certainly want to get this book because things have seriously changed. Um, And even if you have been in a job search, this book will help you take the ambiguity out of it to the extent that you can so that you can skip those those job search mistakes and do the process in a way that makes you competitive. So I'm so excited to be talking about this today because so much great information in the book that will help so many in this job search manifesto. So um, so Mike, I want to I want to kind of talk about that. Uh, you know, You've been in the field of career for a long time, as has Steve. Um, what has changed? So for people who may have been out of the the job search arena for a period of time, which I think we're going to find a lot of people who maybe have been in a job for 10, 15, 20 years who are coming out of this pandemic saying, this is my time. This is the time you know, I want to use the rest of my career in something that's really exciting to me. What do they need to know about the job search process in general in terms of what's changed there's so many pieces to go in there but i think the one i would emphasize is your resume is incredibly less important than your linkedin profile interesting tell us more that is the starting point well as a recruiter you know and it it, 30 percent of the people i hired and my teams hired did not have a resume over the last few years we found them on linkedin and in the book we describe it we show you screenshots. The recruiters using a tool called LinkedIn Recruiter see an entirely different profile. They have tremendous search tools. It is far easier to find people in LinkedIn than it is just going through your resume database. Every recruiter will tell you that, or most recruiters will tell you that. <laughs> and that's that's why if you're out there, you are more and, and you really put the time into that. Your resume is an activity. You definitely want to get it in order, but it would not be the first thing I would do. Yeah, I think I think and Steve, I know as because uh, we work very closely together, you see this as well, that people put a lot of effort into their resume. No doubt you want to have a very focused, targeted resume. But but there comes a point in time where your return on investment is so minimal that it doesn't make sense. So, so Steve, what do you say to people when they, they kind of keep coming back and say, I'm not getting something because of my resume? <laughs> Yes, and I know you know this, Don. It's all about market presence, and it goes to what Mike said a minute ago. Uh, and I use always use the term that the the resume is sort of a, a, a micro resource for a specific role. Your LinkedIn profile, your market presence, your network, your brand, your value proposition is all the bigger picture. It's sort of the macro representation, and you need both. But I think you need that market representation first, and then. That, they actually build off one another. A, a strong LinkedIn profile gives you a good template for what you're going to put on your resume for that specific job. Um, so they kind of work in tandem, but often as coaches, we know that the first step into our, our, into our office is, hey, I want to work on my resume. But that, to me, that opens up all the bigger questions. And, and I think you've, I mean, you will agree with this, Don, that sometimes it starts out as a resume conversation. It ends up being more of a bigger brand strategy conversation. And we end up working on the on the LinkedIn profile first. Um, so it's a good way, you know, that's how a lot of people want to start their process, and that's fine. But I think it's important for everyone to understand that it, it goes well beyond your, your success in the job search is more about your positioning, your brand, your presence in the market, your network, all of those pieces. And in particular, your LinkedIn profile is a driver these days. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we need that social proof. We need to have people are going to go online. That's one of the first places they go. And we know that it's very rare that anyone's going to read your resume, uh, you know, line for line. And so making sure that the, that it's targeted to the most 
relevant experiences is going to be what's so important. Hey, 844-942-7866, are you in a job search or thinking about one? Or maybe you know someone in a job search. You want to check out the Job Search Manifesto, a new book released by Steve Hernandez and Mike Minoski, two career experts who I've had the pleasure of working with for several years. They know their stuff and they do this day in and day out. So if you want to skip the mistakes in the job search, which are so easy to make, you definitely should check out this book. But of course, if it's Thursday, noon Eastern, we are live on Sirius XM 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. This is Dr. Don on Careers. If you've missed an episode, you can always find them on podcast, iTunes, and many, many other sources. We have well over 250 episodes that you can go back and check out all of our pre-break quizzes. Right, Dion? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was very enthusiastic. 844-942-7866. You can give us a call. Any and all job search questions, we want to hear from you. So let's kind of, uh, I want to go back to this LinkedIn piece, Mike, because I know you as a, um, a executive search person has the the recruiter version of this. And I think people would be really interested to hear a little bit about what you see as a recruiter because you know they may not realize that some things that they're doing are less important and other things are more important when they fill out their profile if they want to be found on LinkedIn perhaps for a for a new job. So I think the first thing is LinkedIn recruiter clears a lot of clears a lot of stuff out, shrinks a lot of information and prioritizes something higher. The core of it is your about section is the most important part of your LinkedIn profile, not your experiences. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but you have, and we have pictures in the book that show this. The about section is critical because that's almost the first thing I'm going to see. And I see the whole about section in LinkedIn Recruiter. I don't have to click a button. Can I so can I just it, jump in, Mike? Because I think a lot of people yeah. don't fill that out and aren't even really sure what that is. So yeah. can you yep. can you go even a little bit deeper and point out what you're yeah. talking about specifically? Yeah, and this is this is something that, you know, when Steve founded the program that the book is based on uh, in San Francisco, um, really emphasized that there's a brand statement a real quick statement of here's who I am, here's the value I bring, my a combination of my experiences and accomplishments. We always start with that. And then we follow up with a little more detail, um, typically and hopefully metric-based, that either it's my strengths or it's my accomplishments. And if you can encapsulate that in, in the about section of LinkedIn, oftentimes you know, people get very, very concerned about keywords. The keywords will naturally fall in there. And if you throw metrics, that's great. It's essentially like a mini uh, executive statement, you know, executive summary. That's what it, that's what's important. That's what we read as recruiters. And that's where we make the determination. Do I want to engage? Do I want to learn more by scrolling further? It's the about section is the hub of your LinkedIn profile. Does that help? Yeah, and so many people don't complete it. I see so many profiles Correct. where that part is skipped, and it's really interesting for you to share what recruiters are looking for on the other side. So, hey, if you have a LinkedIn profile and you've either skipped that section or you've glossed over it and just threw some some words in there, that may be something for you to revisit as you are in a job search. 844-942-7866. Do you think you have an optimized LinkedIn profile based on what recruiters search for? If you're not sure, give us a call because we have two experts on the line who can help you craft that LinkedIn because we know a lot of companies are looking for what they call passive candidates. So that is people who are not necessarily in an active job search, but recruiters are scanning the LinkedIn profiles to find candidates if they want to perhaps make a move. So if you want to be in that group, you have to have a strong LinkedIn profile. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Dr. Don on career. 
careers, and we are here all hour long in studio taking your questions. So, um, we so Steve, I want to talk a little bit about brand, and I know this is a massive topic, um, and could probably take up six shows because it's so critical. Um, a lot of people don't think about brand when they think about their job search. So, can you can you share just a couple of you know compelling reasons why people need to start thinking about this as they're engaging in a job search? Yes, and you're right, it's a huge topic, so I'm going to tackle one piece of it. But one thing I wanted to add before I get into that, on, if, if your question around, on the LinkedIn profile about the About section is geography, the About section comes right after your opening brand title and before your, your work section, right in there, right above the media section. So just letting people know, that's where it is when you're going to edit your profile. It's right there. Um, brand, so I'll... I'll be specific about brand. I think the brand is huge all, all around, but I think it's most important when it comes to targeting. So I think as you, and we talk about this in the book right away, we start the first chapter of the book with targeting. And that's targeting, looking at your value proposition to your target, to the job function you're after, to the types of companies you're after, to the types of industry you're targeting. And then you build a, a brand around that value proposition. For that target audience and then it expands from there then it happens and how do i translate my brand it's translated on my linkedin profile it's translated on my resume it's translated in my pitch when i reach out to people it's translated in my networking conversations it's a consistent brand proposition and then of course you're changing that as you get feedback as you realize hey maybe my value isn't so great in this area as i'm educating myself and getting more data it's stronger over here so then you make adjustments along the way. So once you create this core brand based on the needs of your target, you can make adjustments. And I think people will find that they can be more productive and they can insert that brand into different aspects of their job search. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think brand in and of itself is is such a, a an ambiguous topic that I often relate it to products. So, you know, when you think yeah, about absolutely. Nike or you think about different products out there that have a brand and it's almost like a feeling and it's like a, a trust. You trust the brand. And this is why people buy maybe name brands over generic because there's there's a trust that's built with that. And I think that's so critical because the relationship is something that um, is is core to getting hired. I mean, people certainly. We we talked about this with our caller net earlier that you know people are looking for more than just the skills. They're looking for people who are easy to work with and cooperative and and um, you know motivated and things of that nature. And I think your brand helps really show that. Would you agree? Absolutely, absolutely. It it, it is your representation in the marketplace. It is your reputation, your representation of value. It is how you uh, promote your skills and experience, and it's a way you package it. And uh, there's different levels of brands. So uh, again, I think staying as relevant as you can to your target audience will elevate that brand. So we are going to go to our pre-break quiz, but when we come back, we're going to talk about hooks. We're going to talk about superpowers. We're going to talk about conversation tracks, all interesting things that maybe you hadn't thought about in your job search, but can make you even more competitive. I'm Dr. Don Graham. You are listening to Dr. Don on Career Series XM 132, and it is time for our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? There is always a quiz. All right, Dion. Before the rollerball gadget you use with your computer was called a mouse, what animal was it named after? Before it was called a mouse, it was called something else. What was it named after? If you think you know, give us a call, 844-942-7866. You're listening to SiriusXM Channel 132, and we will be right back. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers. On Business Radio. Welcome back to Dr. Dawn on Careers, Sirius XM, Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Dawn Graham. 
and I am the career director for the executive MBAs at the Wharton School here in Philadelphia, also a licensed psychologist, former corporate recruiter, and author of the book, Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and Seize Success. If it's Thursday, noon Eastern, we are live in studio, taking our calls all hour at 844-942-7866, and we are Fortunate today to have two career experts who are also my fabulous colleagues, Steve Hernandez and Mike Minoski, who've just published their first book, The Job Search Manifesto. And Steve, where can people learn more about this book and purchase it? On Amazon. Of course. Uh, On Amazon. (laughs) We also have a Job Search Manifesto website. Uh, We've got a Job Search Manifesto Facebook page. and you can always reach out to find us on LinkedIn. Yes, and if you do reach out to Steve and Mike on LinkedIn, be sure to tell them where you heard them in a detailed message. 844-942-7866. Let's answer that pre-break quiz, which is about animals, Dion. (laughs) It's about animals. Kind of. Right, kind of. Kind of. Before the rollerball gadget you use with a computer is called a mouse, what animal was that computer accessory named after so i'm guessing it's called the mouse because it kind of looks like a mouse which makes sense so i i don't really know have you seen a mouse i mean it's got the tail and the the the, the thing okay it kind of looks like a mouse okay I thought that's why they called it a mouse. It's not? <laughs> no, it is. But oh, okay. <laughs> I actually like the other name better, but that's just me. Um... I was going to say, because it kind of looks like a rat, too, but I, that wouldn't be the answer. I'm going to say the mole. Oh, the mole. <laughs> <laughs> See, I think they picked... <laughs> I think they picked mouse because, like, who wants to, like, say rat? Right. That That's why I was going with rat initially, because nobody wants to say rat. Yeah. So, you know, mouse, you got Mickey and, you know. So, you want to use a mole? Uh, well, they changed it. <laughs> To mouse. <laughs> I wouldn't want to use a mole either. <laughs> Dana. Okay, I'm debating between um, a lion or a cat. <laughs> um, but you, you, just, you just said you just said that you like this better than what it is, and you have a cat. Oh, well, that's that's. Good logic. That actually, is I good. just like that uh, it was the lion. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have a lion. Sorry, the lion and the mouse. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with cat because like cat mouse cat mouse game. All right. Yeah. I mean, both very logical. But wrong. Both but, very wrong. But both wrong. <laughs> but both. Yeah. Well, apparently it was it was named after a reptile. It was named. It was called a turtle. Now. I think that's a better name because it's a hard shell. I get the turtle. Like, I like it. I I get the turtle. I can see that. Yeah. I mean, it's a friendly animal. Nobody's going to be like, oh, I don't want to touch a turtle. But but the mouse, I feel, and maybe it's just one of those things like over time, like you just get used to the mouse, but it seems like it fits better. Well, because it has a tail, that's, that was the logic. But now a lot of them don't. A lot of them are, are, are. Wireless. Wireless. That's the word. (laughs) Um. (laughs) well that's better than what i was thinking i thought you were saying a a, a lot of mice don't have tails and then that was going to be a whole different conversation yeah i don't know even where that's coming from (laughs) but i think turtle i like it apparently the speed of a mouse is measured in mickeys and just for a bonus whoa 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 what mickeys but you said mickey mouse like mickeys oh they 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 kind of jumped the shark on that yeah yeah i mean obviously that's that can be taken many ways. But, Dion, don't look at your keyboard for a second. Don't look okay. at it. Avoid it because okay. I have a bonus question. QWERTY. No. Oh, that, okay. That's too easy. <laughs> what is the only vowel on a standard keyboard that is not on the top line? Now it's that's a, not on the top it's line. It's a one in five chance. Wait, the vowel that's not on a, not on the top line? Yeah. It would be E because QWERTY is on, on the second line. No, the top line of the letters. I'm not talking. Wait, what? The top line of the letters. Wait, ask the question again. Why? This is easy. Well, it's not easy. What is the only vowel that's not in the top line of the letters? Isn't it E? No, no. Where's QWERTY? 
That's the top line. The, I thought that was the second line. Oh, for goodness sake. I thought that was going to be fast. <laughs> Steve, I can hear you talking. Or do you know the letter? Oh, I just looked down. QWERTY is on top. <laughs> Steve. I mean, Steve, you're probably at a keyboard, so that 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 doesn't count. Yeah, it's A. <laughs> yeah, a. because you're at a keyboard. <laughs> so that is the equivalent of Googling the answer here on, on SiriusXM. But no. It... <laughs> See, here's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know where the bubbles are. And I thought the bubbles were on QWERTY, but they're not. Because the bubbles are on the, 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 the second line. Mm-hmm. But QWERTY is on the top line. Yes. Well, see, lots of things we, we <laughs> learn. So this would be a good one for your networking party because you won't have a keyboard. So they yeah. can't look. But anyway, so. I like the, I like the concept of the rat and the mole. Yeah. The <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but not the cat, Steve. You're, you're a cat person. <laughs> Cats don't belong on, on keyboards. Yeah, but they think they do. <laughs> You're listening to Dr. Don on Career Serious XM 132. We're taking your calls all hour. We are live if it's Thursday noon Eastern. Excited to be here with my colleagues Steve Hernandez and Mike Minoski talking about their new book, The Job Search Manifesto. So let's talk about superpowers um you know what i love this idea what is what is a uh, superpower steve and why does it relate to your brand what is a superpower it's what i'm absolutely good at it's what gives me a competitive advantage the the talent i mean we have many most of us have multiple talents uh several things we're good at but what is the one thing that makes me stand out and in more i go back to this all the time and in particular Relevant to my target. So relevant to my target odd. What what do they need? What are they looking for from a standpoint of a superpower? And how does that connect to my superpowers? And that's what I promote. So how do you figure it out? Because obviously, you know, the first thing people are going to say is I'm, I'm, you know, very general. I'm a good communicator or maybe I'm, um, you know, I can, I'm a good programmer. But, but that's not really necessarily what you're talking about by a superpower. No, it's how I've, I've driven results. So where have I had consistent success, tangible success throughout my career? Can I tell stories around that? And can I show those results? And then can I articulate how I got to those results? What skills did I use? What, you know, how did my education and background factor into that? How did my experience in a certain domain, so I could see around corners, help me uh, deliver? And then I can talk about that delivery, and I can talk about that delivery as it applies to uh, my target. So as people are thinking about what is my superpower, um, they need to be thinking about not just maybe what their strengths are, but how they apply those strengths to the audience they're looking at and how they get results for that audience. And most of us have a thread, something we're good at. So maybe somebody is really good at asking questions to get to the root of a problem, which helps the whole team to better address that problem. So that that might be an, uh, an example of a superpower. But I think it's really important if you're in a job search to think about these things what makes you unique what makes you stand out from other people who do the work that you do because these are going to be important competitive advantages and you may be thinking well nothing but get beyond that mindset because there's always something and one great way to figure it out is to ask others ask people you work with ask people who know you because they can often share things about the qualities that you bring to the table that maybe you're not aware of or maybe have become so commonplace to you that you don't even think they're special. So that that would be a great way to do it. 844-942-7866. You are listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers, and we are talking about the Job Search Manifesto, a new book by Steve Hernandez and Mike Minoski. And let's talk about let's talk about networking. Um, reaching out to somebody is a core part of the job search. Now you can start with the people you know and get warm introductions, but that isn't always going to be enough because maybe you want to reach out to somebody who you don't know. Mike, what what is the what do you need to think about when you're reaching out cold to somebody in order to have the best chance of getting a response? Great question. And and it's the core of your job search should be the core of the rest of your career. Um, we've broken it out into three pieces. There's just not one type of job search. And, um, I'm not going to go into detail on all of them. One is exactly what you're talking about, reaching out to people you know, kind of checking in. One is reaching out really around kind of a journey, and I'll come back to that one, and then a job-specific reach out. Each one of them are 
pretty close to the same, but there's nuances. The one that Steve and I have found to be most effective is when you reach out to someone about them. In other words, instead of just reaching out saying, hey, Sarah, I'd like to talk to you about a role at your company. Imagine if you reach out to Sarah and a little bit differently is that, Sarah, you've done really good work in a space I'm interested in. I'd love to talk to you about your journey. I'd love to learn from you for that. 10 or 15 minutes, you know, I'll completely flex to your schedule. That kind of a reach out is powerful because all of a sudden you haven't made it about you. You're not pitching yourself. You're not, you know, please get me in there. You're really learning from Sarah. Who wouldn't talk to you? So has it become easier um, in, in, during the pandemic? Has it become harder? Are people more open? Are more people wanting to help others, Mike? Great question. It has become better. Uh, I, I can point out uh, over the last year and a half, the dialogues that some of my clients have had have been striking and that people took extra time. Um, we hit a point. And even though we're reopening, I think this is sustaining. This is staying with us that Having contact with other people is important and healthy. And somebody reaching out to me with a, you know, very respectful, I want to talk to you about this. I want to talk to you about how I can learn from you around your journey. People, people have been reaching back out. Um, we've seen the numbers. We've seen the numbers go up, and we've seen the depth of the dialogue go up. And I think one thing for people to remember is if, if, you know, there are so many people who are considering a job search or considering making a move and, and just waiting for the right opportunity. And I say this a lot on the show. We all need to make this a social process. We all can help one another. So if you're feeling a little bit vulnerable asking for help or putting yourself out there, just think that, you know, maybe it's your turn, but next year it might be their turn and you can help them. And I think this is the process that we need to get into. To is is really being open about our goals so that other people can help us because we have built such great relationships in our communities, in our in our past employment, in, in maybe our education systems, but we're not using those because we feel a little bit shy about reaching out. So don't, because people want to help and the the more clarity you give them about how they can help, they will certainly try and do that. And next year might be their turn. 844-942-7866. You are listening to Sirius XM. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And if it's Thursday noon Eastern, we are live all hour right here on Sirius XM. You can give us a call at 844-942-7866. We're here with my colleagues, Steve Hernandez and Mike Minoski, talking about job search tips from their new book, The Job Search Manifesto, which you can find on Amazon. All right, let's talk about the hook. Steve, I know you talk about this a lot in seminars at work. And I think it's a really important thing because we live in a busy world and, um, you know, people people are don't have time to do all the things they want to do on their list. So so when you're talking about networking and reaching out to somebody, why is a hook important and what is a hook? Yeah, sure. It actually goes to what Mike said a minute ago when you do outreach to people and you're asking for their time and asking for their advice. One also has, and you don't want to oversell yourself, but you also have to be mindful of, of, of being interesting. I mean, why am I going to make time for you? And so that could be your opening hook of, of how do I look uniquely interesting? Uh, what do we have in common? How are we connected? What's really interesting about you? Just think in those terms of that opening subject line or that opening email or that phone call or that text or whatever, what is going to grab the attention of your audience that's going to make you stand out? Um, that's a hook. And, and those hooks, uh, they can vary. They can vary from accomplishments. They can vary from unique skills and exposure. We work together. We're part of, we run it, we're in the same ecosystem. We went to the same school. It's a lot of elements, but one has to be mindful of that opening hook. What's going to get that person interested in talking to me? Yeah, and I think putting that right in the subject line is is a great strategy because when you think about your email and all those emails that flow in from, you know, all over the place, if you see something that says, you know, friend of, you know, Steve Hernandez, then the person will catch that because like, oh, someone who knows Steve and they have a higher tendency to open that. So I think you have to be really mindful about how you reach out. Now, what if somebody doesn't get back to you, Steve? What do you do? 
Well, you have to recognize that people are very busy, <laughs> that it's easy to, uh, or maybe someone means to get back to you, but they put it aside and they're going to come back to you later. So you have to org- have an organized follow-up system. Um, and you have to be careful not to call people out on not following up, but you might want to repeat it, you know, over have a, you know, a week. Maybe I go two weeks out, I'm going to reach out again. Uh, maybe I have a, a month uh, 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 system. I, my feeling is, you know, if it's three times, it's like, okay, maybe they're not going to follow up with you. But I do think you have to come up with a system that makes sense and a reasonable follow-up and not give up at the same time. You There's a fine line between being persistent and stalking, so you want to be careful with that. Yeah. But I do think that you one wants to organize a follow-up system. I agree. I think one outreach isn't enough because people may have good intentions, but your email kind of goes down on the list and they forget or they're busy in the moment and they need to respond. Or, you know, maybe you sent the message on one on LinkedIn, but it's better to send it on their their regular email because they pay more attention to that. So I do think you have to be a little bit more persistent. And that's why um, the strategy piece is so important. And I want to tag onto that word, Steve, because a lot of people don't approach the job search with a strategy. And I think it's so important. I talk about this in Switchers as well. And I know you talk about it in the Job Search Manifesto that you really have to think about what what type of switch am I making? What's going on in the marketplace? Uh, what problems am I, is my audience trying to solve? And you have to really think about all these things to put together a strategy. And so I love that the Job Search Manifesto helps people do that and, and outlines strategy. In terms of outreach, I think you have something called a mega megaphone versus a magnet strategy. What is that? Well, a megaphone is broadcasting across multiple landscapes. So uh, we, there's, there's, there's some of the core verticals we talk about are, yes, you know, you can look at postings. You can respond to postings. Uh, you can have a, a, compre- a very strong, comprehensive LinkedIn profile that sort of draws people to you, that brings inbound. That's part of that megaphone. You can have you can build a network. You can have a strategy around, you know, spending time with this network. Uh, you know, doing informational interviews and, and whatnot. You have recruiters that maybe you have some relationships with, and that again, that's part of that broader uh, megaphone. You have uh, cold uh, uh, outreach that you might do. So you have a strategy for each of those verticals, and you have all of those verticals going consistently. Therefore, you have. Uh, you have activity, a productive activity that's going on at all times. So maybe there's, you're not seeing a job posting that makes sense right now. You're not sitting there saying, well, there's nothing out there, so my job search is kind of stifled. No, I'm going to go and I'm going to do these informational interviews with my targets. Oh, I'm going to go maybe have this meeting with this recruiter. Oh, maybe I've got some inbound outreach from some internal recruiters. So you have this sort of megaphone strategy where you're covering your brand and your targets across a, 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 a wide landscape. So let me let me just uh, counter. Uh, <laughs> this is not a strategy. Applying to jobs online and waiting to hear from them—that that is the opposite no. of a strategy. Not a strategy. <laughs> yeah. Not at all. But what most people do, unfortunately, and because it, they don't have a strategy. Because it's not a strategy. So so Mike, I I recognize that that's appealing because it seems productive. It feels right. like you're doing something but you know what what's the danger of that the danger of it is you have no control you know you're you're basically waiting for someone else to take action and that's you have no power there and i think that's that's the core of it um you know that's why we talk about the magnet side of that equation that's why you have a powerful linkedin profile that's why you're attracting people to you um, and also getting very comfortable with what are the needs in your target organizations that you actually are good at. And it makes, it makes that outreach very targeted, very specific, so that you're really, you're really bringing people in. You know, the, the, the megaphone is the guy on the street corner with, with a megaphone. We always walk by quickly. We don't, we don't engage versus a magnet engagement is wow this person's interesting and that doesn't mean that doesn't mean you're bragging but what it does mean is i'm able to articulate things that i can help with and that's really what we're talking about with a brand statement and and really the whole the whole arc of the book is around 
let's let's communicate well what I do, how I can help, but let's also put some processes together, as Steve was talking about a few minutes ago, to really go through the job search process with more power and control. And that is so critical because the 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 part that people don't often address is the feelings and the roller coaster of emotions people go through in the job search. It's downright demoralizing in many yeah. aspects because it, let's face it, you will get rejected, you will get ghosted. These are realities of the job search today. So so I think even preparing for that in your strategy and how you're going to handle that and and what um you know what you're going to do to to pay attention to that is going to be really important. That's why I love the book, The Job Search Manifesto, because if you are thinking about a job search, if you are thinking about what you want to do next, going in without a strategy will cause you to waste a lot of time perhaps that could have been used in in a way that helps you be more competitive, that helps open more opportunities. So don't go into it blindly. A book like The Job Search Manifesto not only helps you understand things you might not have thought about, but helps you really craft those for yourself so that you can be as competitive as possible as you are approaching your job search. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers, Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. And as we're wrapping up, I'm going to ask each of you for for a, a quick last tip, maybe something that we didn't cover that if you are in a job search, you really need to be thinking about. And um, Steve, I'll have you go first. <laughs> so I, 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 the final tip is think about your presence in the marketplace, not just in your own company or with your own peer group, but how is my marketplace perceiving me? How is my brand uh, addressing the problems and the products and the needs of my greater, broader marketplace? So think about that. Yeah, a very different way than than I think many approach the job search. So great tip. Mike, what's your what's your closing tip for people who are going to be engaging in a job search? So I'm going to build on exactly what Steve said, that once I understand how to articulate this, I'm also going to validate that this is important. In other words, when I start looking at needs and organizations and that I can say, this is where I can help. This is where I ha- I can have impact, and you know your phrase earlier. I have social proof that I have been able to do this in other places. It it streamlines this process because now you're not talking about me, the person. You're talking about me, the uh, the expert who can solve problems. It sounds like you guys have. Fantastic. So what I love about about your approach and your book, The Job Search Manifesto, is that it gives people a strategy to follow in the job search versus using methods that no longer work or kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks because we know that can make things take more time and certainly be demoralizing. So one last time, I want to thank Steve Hernandez and Mike Minoski and um Definitely recommend the Job Search Manifesto if you are in a job search or thinking of one which you can get on Amazon because you do not want to go into this process without a strategy. So, of course, you are listening to Dr. Dawn on Careers on Business Radio, and you can get all of the back issues on podcast, iTunes, Google Play, and all of those fun places. So do check them out. And, of course, I want to thank our guests, Steve and Mike. Thank Dana and Dion for making the show sound so great and so much fun. Of course, our listeners and callers, we are here for you every week live Thursdays, noon Eastern, taking your calls and questions. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. You've been listening to Dr. Don on Careers on Sirius XM Channel 132, and we'll see you next time.
For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. Thank you.